Hi, I'm Eric, and this is Listen to Sleep, slow, quiet stories to help you fall asleep. I want to give a big shout-out of thanks to Margot and Lucas for joining the Patreon this week. Thank you so much for your support of the podcast. If you'd like to become a member of the Patreon and help support the podcast, you can do that for as little as a dollar a month. And for that, you get the podcast a day early without any ads or introductions, which is what you're listening to right now. And you will also get access to over 10 hours of nature sounds that I've recorded here at my cabin in Northern California for the nights that you don't feel like listening to a story. So for just $1 a month, you can help me live my dream of being a storyteller for a living and get some nice perks. I'd like to ask you all to do me a favor this week, if you don't mind, and share the podcast with one person you know who might be having a little trouble getting to sleep or calming their mind down at night while they're laying in bed. If you can do that, I would really appreciate it, and it helps get the podcast out to more people. And the more people we can all help together, the better. Now, take a deep breath. Let it out. And just relax. Can you feel the inside of your hands? Feel what that feeling feels like as it helps to calm your mind. Now feel the inside of your arms. Can you feel the inside of your feet, of your legs, of your body laying against the bed? Just relax and enjoy the story while I read to you. If you find yourself nodding off, that's okay. Whippity Story I am going to tell you a story about a poor young widow woman who lived in a house called Kittlerumpet, though whereabouts in Scotland the house of Kittlerumpet stood, nobody knows. Some folk think that it stood in the neighborhood of the debatable land, which, as all the world knows, was on the borders, where the old borders reavers were constantly coming and going, the Scotch stealing from the English, and the English from the Scotch. Be that as it may, the widowed mistress of Kittlerumpet was sorely to be pitied. For she had lost her husband, and no one quite knew what had become of him. He had gone to a fair one day, and had never come back again. And although everybody believed that he was dead, no one knew how he died. Some people said that he had been persuaded to enlist, and had been killed in the wars. Others that he had been taken away to serve as a sailor by the press gang, and had been drowned at sea. At any rate, his poor young wife 
was sorely to be pitied, for she was left with a little baby boy to bring up, and as times were bad, she had not much to live on. But she loved her baby dearly, and worked all day amongst her cows and pigs and hens in order to earn enough money to buy food and clothes for both herself and him. Now, on the morning of which I am speaking, she rose very early and went out to feed her pigs, for rent day was coming on, and she intended to take one of them, a great big fat creature, to the market that very day, as she thought that the price that it would fetch would go a long way towards paying her rent. And because she thought so, her heart was light, and she hummed a little song to herself as she crossed the yard with her bucket on one arm and her baby boy on the other. But the song was quickly changed into a cry of despair when she reached the pigsty, for there lay her cherished pig on its back with its legs in the air and its eyes shut, just as if it were going to breathe its last breath. What shall I do? What shall I do? cried the poor woman, sitting down on a big stone and clasping her boy to her breast, heedless of the fact that she had dropped her bucket and that the pig's meat was running out and that the hens were eating it. First, I lost my husband, and now I am going to lose my finest pig, the pig that I hoped would fetch a great deal of money. Now, I must explain to you that the house of Kittlerumpet stood on a hillside, with a great fir wood behind it, and the ground sloping down steeply in front. And as the poor young woman, after having a good cry to herself, was drying her eyes, she chanced to look down the hill. And who should she see coming up it but an old woman, who looked like a lady born. She was dressed all in green, with a white apron, and she wore a black velvet hood on her head, and a steeple-crowned beaver hat over that, something like those, as I have heard tell, that the women wear in Wales. She walked very slowly, leaning on a long staff, and she gave a bit herple now and then, as if she were lame. As she drew near, the young widow felt it was becoming to rise and curtsy to the gentlewoman for such she saw her to be. Madam, she said, with a sob in her voice, I bid you welcome to the house of Kittlerumpet, although you find its mistress one of the most unfortunate women in the world. Hoot toot, answered the old lady, in such a harsh voice that the young woman startled and grasped her baby tighter in her arms. Ye have little need to say that. Ye have lost your husband, I grant ye. But there were war losses at Sheramur, and now your pig is like to die. I could, maybe, remedy that. But I must first hear how much ye would give me 
if I cured him. Anything that your ladyship's madam likes to ask, replied the widow, too much delighted at having the animal's life saved to think that she was making rather a rash promise. Very good, said the old dame, and without wasting any more words, she walked straight into the pigsty. She stood and looked at the dying creature for some minutes, rocking to and fro and muttering to herself in words which the widow could not understand. At least, she could only understand four of them, and they sounded something like this. Pitter-patter, holly-water. Then she put her hand into her pocket and drew out a tiny bottle with a liquid that looked like oil in it. She took the cork out and dropped one of her long ladylike fingers into it. Then she touched the pig on the snout and on his ears and on the tip of his curly tail. No sooner had she done so than up jumped the beast and with a grunt of contentment ran off to its trough to look for its breakfast. A joyful woman was the mistress of Kittlerumpet when she saw it do this, for she felt that her rent was safe, and in her relief and gratitude she would have kissed the hem of the strange lady's green gown if she would have allowed it, but she would not. No, no, said she, and her voice sounded harsher than ever. Let us have no fine meanderings, but let us stick to our bargain. I have done my part and mended the pig. Now ye must do yours and give me what I like to ask, your son. Then the poor widow gave a piteous cry for she knew now what she had not guessed before. The green-clad lady was a fairy, and a wicked fairy too, else she had not asked such a terrible thing. It was too late now, however, to pray and beseech and beg for mercy. The fairy stood her ground, hard and cruel, Ye promised me what I liked to ask, and I have asked your son, and your son I will have, she replied. So it is useless making such a din about it. But one thing I may tell you, for I know well that the knowledge will not help you. By the laws of fairyland, I cannot take the barn till the third day after this. And if, by that time, you have found out my name, I cannot take him even then. But ye will not be able to find it out. Of that I am certain. So I will call back for the boy in three days. And with that, she disappeared round the back of the pigsty, and the poor mother fell down in a dead faint beside the stone. All that day, and the next, 
she did nothing but sit in her kitchen and cry and hug her baby tighter in her arms. But on the day before that on which the fairy said she was coming back, she felt as if she must get a little breath of fresh air. So she went for a walk in the fir wood behind the house. Now, in this fir wood, there was an old quarry hole, in the bottom of which was a bonny spring well, the water of which was always sweet and pure. The young widow was walking near this quarry hole, when, to her astonishment, she heard the whir of a spinning wheel and the sound of a little voice lilting a song. At first, she could not think where the sound came from. Then, remembering the quarry, she laid down her child at a tree root and crept noiselessly through the bushes on her hands and knees to the edge of the hole and peeped over. She could hardly believe her eyes. For there, far below, at the bottom of the quarry, beside the spring well, sat the cruel fairy, dressed in her green frock and tall felt hat, spinning away as fast as she could at a tiny spinning wheel. And what should she be singing but Little Ken's our guide, dame at hame, Whippity Story is my name. The widow woman almost cried aloud for joy, for now she had learned the fairy's secret, and her child was safe. But she dare not, in case the wicked old dame heard her and threw some other spell over her. So she crept softly back to the place where she had left her child. Then, catching him up in her arms, she ran through the wood to her house, laughing and singing and tossing him in the air in such a state of delight that if anyone had met her, they would have been in danger of thinking that she was mad. Now, this young woman had been a merry-hearted maiden and would have been merry-hearted still if, since her marriage, she had not had so much trouble that it had made her grow old and sober-minded before her time. And she began to think what fun it would be to tease the fairy for a few minutes before she let her know that she had found out her name. So, next day, at the appointed time, she went out with her boy in her arms and seated herself on the big stone where she had sat before. And when she saw the old dame coming up the hill, she crumpled her nice clean cap and screwed up her face and pretended to be in a great distress and to be crying bitterly. The fairy took no notice of this, however, but came up close to her and said in her harsh and merciless voice, Good wife of Kittlerumpet, ye ken the reason of my coming. Give me the barn. 
Then the young mother pretended to be in sorer distress than ever and fell on her knees before the wicked old woman and begged for mercy. Oh, sweet madam mistress, she cried, spare me my barn and take, if thou wilt, the pig instead. We have no need of bacon where I come from, answered the fairy coldly. So give me the laddie and let me be gone. I have no time to waste in this wise. Oh, dear lady mine, pleaded the good wife, if thou wilt not have the pig, wilt thou spare my poor barn and take me myself? The fairy stepped back a little, as if in astonishment. Art thou mad, woman, she cried contemptuously, that thou proposest such a thing? Who in all the world would care to take a plain-looking, red-eyed, dowdy wife like thee with them? Now, the young mistress of Kittlerumpet knew that she was no beauty, and the knowledge had never vexed her. But something in the fairy's tone made her feel so angry that she could contain herself no longer. In troth, fair madam, I might have had the wit to know that the like of me is not fit to tie the shoestring of the high and mighty princess, Whippity Story. If there had been a charge of gunpowder buried in the ground, and if it had suddenly exploded beneath her feet, the wicked fairy could not have jumped higher into the air. And when she came down again, she simply turned round and ran down the bray, shrieking with rage and disappointment, for all the world, as an old book says, like an owl chased by witches. Good night.